Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there in the land of love. Tomorrow, Atlanta United will host Toluca and the American Family Insurance for Americans who have families who must have insurance because it's a law cup at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Kickoff is 7.30 p.m. There will be an extended halftime show. So halftime is going to go 22 to 23 minutes. It'll be an immersive laser experience. I think it's tied to the fact that the team is introducing its new primary kit, which will be its fourth kit uh, tomorrow morning. And I hope that you'll follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now to get your first look at the kit. And, you know, if you buy one, I don't get any money from it, so it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. But I'm pretty sure you're going to buy one. All right. Later in this podcast, you're going to hear from manager Gonzalo Pineda and goalkeeper Brad Guzan. And I'm going to answer your many, many questions about your favorite MLS team. If this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestick, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right. Wednesday will be the second edition of the American Family Insurance Cup. Atlanta United won the first one. They hung a banner the size of a beach towel in the stadium. Uh, which, you know, it made me happy because it's difficult to take this seriously. It is a friendly, it is made up basically. It's more to help Atlanta United, you know, just get another game, get some playing time for this preseason. Anyway, Toluca, it's a chance to kind of strengthen their brand, maybe get an experience in the United States ahead of this summer's leagues cup. So, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. American family insurance, get some exposure. So it should be a fun game. You're going to see some of the things that you've seen from the previous friendlies this season. Nada hinted at maybe playing two teams. You won't see Miles Robinson or Brad Guzan because they're going to play the full 90 in Saturday's closed scrimmage at St. Louis, the newest MLS expansion team. I think you're likely going to see Machop Chol at striker. You will not see uh, Giannis Jacomacus or Luis Abram because they're still waiting their visas. So let's get into some of the sound bites from today's press conferences at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Here's Gonzalo Pineda talking about what he expects to see from his team on Wednesday. Well, I think every time we're on the field, it's a serious game for us. Okay. You know, it's obviously preseason and we're focused on the performance and all that. But this is probably a little bit more serious than that. We're in front of our fans. We're at home. And uh, yeah. We might be still putting two teams there and, and trying to see different things, but uh, every time we're on the field, I hope the players take it seriously. He was talking about seriously because I was talking about some of the experimentation that they've done. And so that that's what he was talking about. Now, 
those of you who follow the team for the past few years have heard me say and seen for your own eyes that there are many instances of the team needing a piece of individual brilliance in order for a goal to be scored. Joseph Martinez's kick against New England, which won goal of the year, his goal against Cincinnati in the finale of 2020, or I'm sorry, 2021 to put them into the playoffs, things like that. But what you're seeing a little bit more this preseason, and this is, does it even involve uh, the new signing, uh, Yorgos, is teamwork, combinations leading to goals. And so I asked Gonzalo if that is a sign of, of things to come, if this is, I didn't ask this in the question, but my thinking, Pineda ball. I think, yes, there, there have been some goals that have been brilliant, but there's always team efforts, little things in, in, in the build-up. And even if it's, it's just a transition moment, there were things that happened that is team, team goals. Uh, we were looking at the first goal of Thiago uh, against Cruz Azul. And, and yes, it's a fantastic play between Luis and Thiago. Fantastic combination play, but at the same time, the movement of Caleb stretching the fullback, so allowing Thiago more time and space, one one against the defender. And the movement of Macho isolating the center back with him. Uh, so now it's really a one on one Thiago against the center back, and Thiago beat the center back. Goodbye. It's a one-on-one on the goalkeeper. So there are little things and movements in the positional style that even the guy that doesn't participate at all in the play, like Brooks Lennon staying wide and maybe not even touching the ball, but him stretching the back line affects everything. So again, there are little things like that that we are trying to make every goal we score a team goal. So there you go. It's too bad we couldn't see the entirety of that goal because like most of these preseason scrimmages, it was played behind closed doors and there wasn't a stream. But that's a rant for another day. This was our first opportunity to ask Gonzalo how Yorgos can make his teammates better, which is something that Vice President Carlos Bacanegra talked about last week when they introduced the new player that they purchased from Celtic. I think the reason is because he's, again, as I said, he's constantly moving. Okay. So he's going to be always a target for them uh, once they are in the pockets and they are facing forward with time and space, you're going to have a nine that actually runs in behind and, and makes those diagonal runs uh, to beat defenders. But also he's one that likes to combine, that is, is unselfish in that, in that sense. Once he's on the, on the box, uh, he has one focus to score goals, but before, before that, he's one that can drop and combine and then sprint in behind again. Uh, so he's going to make that group of players uh, uh, to, to be better in that sense. But also, we have to understand it takes time, right? It won't come immediately. It, it takes time to yell out that cohesion and, and that understanding the timings for Thiago when he turns the, the right timing for, for uh, Diaco to sprint in behind or the right timing to drop and play back to Luis. So all those little things will come with time. And then, of course, the team has also added center back Luis Abram, who Carlos Bocanegra described as kind of like Michael Parkhurst, except left-footed and the team hasn't really had a left-footed center back since its inception, probably because they're hard to find. But here's Pineda talking about what he thinks the center back can provide. What I like about Abraham is, number one, is a left-footed center back. That's number one, and it's not easy to find. And for the build-up, always helps to have a left-footed center back. Number two is, yes, he's very cerebral. He always 
tends to be in the right spot, not giving away a lot of space in behind. Uh, good timing to press. It's not like he's not aggressive. He can be aggressive. When I was watching his time in Belarus, he was very aggressive and, and his tackles are very good. But he prefers to be sonal uh, with a good shape with the back four. So he's mm. more defending in the unit as I want, rather than individually going on the flank against the winger and trying to win that battle on his own. Like uh, He's not like that. So it's going to be a different fit. Uh, compared to what we have seen, but I think he's going to deal out very well. But again, it's also competition because you know you have Miles, you have uh, Purata. Purata has been doing very well. So and Noah, I mean tomorrow you're going to see Noah. Noah is growing enormously in his game. So it's another one that we have a lot of hopes for him to have a good year this year. Brad Guzan, who I mentioned earlier, will not play on Wednesday at Toluca. So I assume Quentin Westberg will be in goal. Just on the spirit of the team, uh, out of it, coming out of its trip to Mexico, and the focus heading into Wednesday's friendly. Yeah, the spirit's really good. Um, there's a there's a good feeling within the group, um, within the camp. Um, you know, we're we're happy to to be back uh, from Mexico in terms of understanding now the season's around the corner. Um, but at the same time, we've we've got a a difficult challenge tomorrow uh, in another step in our progress towards getting ready um, on the 25th. And so we'll approach it that way uh, in terms of uh, using it as another rung on the ladder and and continue to to get better uh, in all ways. And then same thing on on Saturday against St. Louis. Now, Atlanta United's defense gave up three goals in the first half at Chattanooga in its first preseason friendly. Since then, with the starters on the field, or the presumed starters on the field, not starting to mix and match. The team has given up just two goals, one on a hard swerving shot that Guzan deflected, but uh, at an Atlante player put in first, and the other on a free kick against Cruz Azul. And then the subs came in those games, and, and the other opponent scored a lot more goals. But again, those weren't the first teamers. So I asked Brad about the progress of the defense. Yeah, I mean, listen, every every day it's – an understanding of situations. It's an understanding of what Gonzalo and the staff are, are asking us uh, to do and and how to respond in those situations on the field. And so that, that stuff doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in one game, two games. It's something that is a constant uh, evolving process. And so um, we understand that. But like I said, you know, it's it's – clicking more and more each day which is which is what we want and so from that uh, standpoint you know it's it's a positive within the group so there you go and you know unless you've not been following the team you know that guzan suffered in a, a ruptured achilles tendon last year it was the first major injury of his career he missed nine months so we asked him if he's feeling like he used to before the injury you try to recreate as much as you can in, in training, and that part's hard. You know, you, you can only do so much uh, in terms of trying to recreate a game atmosphere and decision-making and, you know, those split-second uh, reactions and whatnot. So, um, I mean, I feel good, uh, you know, from a physical standpoint, I feel really good. Uh, it's just getting getting back into the groove and, and – continuing to, to push myself along with, you know, Liam and, and, and obviously the, the group itself. But, um, 
you know, doing things that are, are, are moving me along in the right direction. Now, Yorgos and Abram have yet to be able to train with the team. I tweeted yesterday that I thought they could. Turns out they can't while they wait on their visas. But they can interact with their teammates. And here's Brad talking about the two new players. Yeah, they've been fantastic. You know, uh, both speak English really, really well. You know, so no, no communication issue whatsoever. You know, and so just, just talking to them, whether it be, um, you know, at, at the breakfast table or, or whatever, in the locker room, just, t- just talking to them and getting to know them, getting to know their backstory, families, kids, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they've been great. They've been great. And, you know, you can see the, the eagerness and, and, you know, hungerness that they, uh, that they have about them of, of wanting to be able to help the group. And, and so I know as, as soon as all the legalities and the paperwork and all that stuff gets sorted, then, um, you know, it'll be exciting to, to welcome them into the group kind of fully. All right. I hope you all enjoyed those sound bites from manager Gonzalo Pineda and goalkeeper Brad Guzan. And you're enjoying listening to me, Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. When we return, I'm going to answer your mailbag questions. And some of you did ask me about yoga and my horrible attempts at learning it. But again, no one asked about law and order reruns. So those will go unanswered. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, etc. Get all of our stories on AJC.com, access to our e-paper, and our assortment of newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from Mark Bradley. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. So you always know what's really going on. And truly, if you have a loved one, there's no better gift than the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. Help your loved one know everything that's going on in the metro Atlanta area. Now, on to the mailbag. We're going to start off with E who sent me on the Twitters, I got a question. Do you think Atlanta United needs to get a third signing right now, or could they wait it out and probably have better options in the summer? That's an interesting question. The third signing was mentioned by Pineda way back in the first week of preseason. Of course, the team has added the two signings, which we've already talked about. The third signing is kind of a mystery. There have been no rumors. There have been no reports, and I'm putting reports in quotes, of any players coming to Atlanta United, which is a little strange. So I think that you're likely going to see the team wait it out and add that player during the summer window. President Garth Lagerway had said last week that it's going to be a senior roster player. They do have some TAM. So as long as there's no injury crises like affected the team last year, I think it might be smart just to wait it out. The obvious area that many of you talk about is central midfield. Can they get another central midfield player? That's what I think the team might be going for. It could be another striker just in case, but I think it's probably going to wait until the summer and then see what's available. The Colonel asks, friend of the podcast, the U.S. under-17s are doing well at CONCACAF championships in Guatemala, but there are no representatives from Atlanta United. Anybody from the Atlanta United Academy who could have been selected 
Were we snubbed or did the Academy not produce? Again, it's, it's <laughs> sometimes y'all look at things as an either or, or an extreme. It could be that the Academy has a lot of good players just for this cycle. There were better players available for selection. I couldn't tell you who would be available for selection from the under 17s. Uh, I have a hard enough time just trying to follow all the MLS rules and the team and what's going on at MLS without actually diving into the academies. I'll try to do a better job of that. But I I don't think there was a snub, nor the academy did not produce. I think maybe there were just some better players. That simple. Uh, Ren asks, do you think Jackson Conway or Machop Chole starts at striker and why? Well, I think the team is hoping that uh, Yorgos's visa gets approved and he can start. But if we're going into the San Jose game and his visa is not approved, I think you'll see Chole start at striker. He started three times now to Conway's one. I'm assuming Chole starts tomorrow against Toluca. And why? Because Chole is getting more starts. He's faster than Conway. I don't know if he's as good a finisher as Conway, but that ability to stretch defenses is something that Pineda really likes. So... And Ren asks, what is the most recent update on Ozzy Alonso's availability? He's still training by himself. I think it'll be a while before you see him back. I think he's going to rejoin the team, though, definitely. There's no point in doing all this if he weren't going to rejoin the team. Henry, friend of the podcast, has three questions, which is what he typically does. How goes the yoga? And what has been the most challenging pose for you? Uh, I enjoy the yoga. All of them are challenging. Uh, the 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 most challenging I think is called like eggs over easy or something. I really don't remember the names. I, I could be reading a cookbook for all I know, as I'm listening to this, I'm just trying to watch the videos and mimic what they're doing. I know like mountain on back mountain on stomach and diamond. There was one yesterday. I think seriously was called the beast in which I'm supposed to like do downward dog, but then take my right leg and basically twist myself around and that's just not happening. It, it, I mean, unless there were a paramedic in the room, I didn't even attempt it. It, it. I'm just not that limber yet, but I'm enjoying it. And I can feel myself getting a little bit more limber and a little bit stronger every time I do it. So yay for whoever invented yoga. Henry continues, seeing as Toluca are in the middle of their season and they just played on Sunday, should we expect them to run a very rotated lineup? Oh yeah, because I think they play again on Saturday. I would not be surprised to see a few starters interspersed among guys that have three numbers on the backs of their jersey, which are typically academy players or second teamers. This is more of a goodwill functional exercise than a competitive game. Any news on the third signing? Well, I've already covered that one. And no, you won't see that person incorporated into the squad by opening day. Nick says, what do you know about the Arahujo transfer rumors? This is a... (laughs) a report in question marks that Palmeiras Brazilian power is trying to get Luis Arujo. I keep telling y'all that take this with a grain of salt. Atlanta United has not gotten a single written offer for Luis Arujo. So this to me is something of someone floating a theory or reading a blog, rolling it through Google translate and posting that some team is interested in Luis Arujo. It's uh, a little weird because for example, Sam Jones, who does excellent work at the striker, you should follow him, posited, wouldn't it be neat if Palmeiras included uh, Etuesta? 
as kind of a make weight in a deal for Araujo. And then like a day later, report from Brazil, Palmeiras is going to include Atuesta in a as a make weight in a deal for Araujo. That's just not that is too much of a of silliness to be a coincidence. Come on. Anyway, no. Luis Araujo is going to be on the roster. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but right now I don't think I'm wrong. Am I a fool for getting my hopes up again this season? No, that's the fun of sports. What's the fun of going into it without hope? Otherwise, there'd be no point. Down dog or up dog? I like downward dog. No, I'm sorry. I like upward dog more than downward dog. Uh, But I've only recently started doing the upward dog as part of the videos on my yoga app on my phone. Nick asks first, which of the team's kits is your favorite? Well, if you're including the primary and the secondaries, hmm, that's a really good question. To be honest with you, my favorites are probably the first season, both. I love the first five-stripe kit, and I love the uh, concrete and taillights. They called it strawberry and gray or something, but for Atlanta, concrete and taillights fit almost perfectly for what we see in this city all the time. The the City in the Forest kit, I, I really liked. The Unity kit, even though it had that unfortunate typo, I think it was, was also a pretty cool idea. So those are my favorites. I'd love to hear what y'all's are. Which player, Nick continues, that isn't a DP or Andrew Gutman, do you think will have the best season? I'm trying to understand your question. I think Brooks Lennon is in for a big year if uh, Yorgos is a consistent starter. I think you're going to see a lot of assists from Brooks. Thanks, Nick. Dave says, big fan of the podcast. Well, thanks, Dave. Two questions for today. My daughter is a huge fan of the team. If I wanted to take her to meet the new players, does Atlanta United have open practices or what's the best way to grab a selfie with them? Uh, The best way is probably in the Delta or the uh, not the Delta Lounge, the walk up uh, that the team does the kind of. uh, Frankly, it's contrived where the players get off the bus and walk into the stadium. It's a pickup from what college football teams do and now everybody does it so to me it's not as special if everybody's doing the same thing it just becomes rote and not unique but whatever the kids like it the supporters like it so i guess that's really all that's important anyway get in that line and see if you can grab a selfie with one of them uh sometimes the team does meet and greets and they'll usually tweet those out so look for those um now that we are i don't want to say we're through covid but since many people are boosted you'll probably see more meet and greets this year. So I would look for those. And I hope your daughter gets some selfies with some of her favorite players, because that's always a cool experience for the kids. And you know, the players enjoy it too. What's my favorite yoga pose that you hope to do successfully someday. You know, I'm a big fan of glazed salmon. So I'm going to try to do that one. Of course I could also be still reading a cookbook. David says, do you think if Sosa or Ozzy are not 100%, Will we see more variation in formation than last year? Using two deeper-lying midfielders with a four-man back line or a 5-2-3 or even 5-2 more than in the past, I feel like we could solidify the defense earlier by mixing this up a little early on. Well, Dave, you're going to have to read one of my stories to preview the MLS season and Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution to get your answer to that question. I can't keep giving away gold here, people. I just can't. You got to click on the links or buy the paper, but it's a fantastic question. Dr. Fallis, friend of mine, says, putting the Twitter rumors aside, when a player acquisition is released, how much earlier does the press find out 
from the front office before the general population does. Do all the reporters get an email, a phone call? I'm curious about the process. It doesn't, doesn't work like that at all. Uh, usually it comes out by working sources, typically agents uh, who like to get that information out there. Sometimes it comes from sources within the league, sometimes sources within the team. There's not like a spammed email that goes out ahead of time. Our final question comes from one of my oldest friends, Eric, who I worked with at the Red and Black at the University of Georgia way back in the day. We all worked for a sports editor named Randy, uh, who was also a good guy, and, and Leah, who was a good uh, co-worker. But Eric has become a soccer fan and sends this question, and I think y'all are really going to enjoy this, so buckle up. As one of your newer podcast disciples, I ask forgiveness if you previously answered either of these questions. Dating back to 2017, what is your all-time Atlanta United starting 11? You can choose the formation. So I've thought about this a lot, and I'm going to do it player by year just to try to make this easier. And I'm going to have to count on my fingers so that I don't put like 12 players in the formation. Joseph Martinez, 2018 form, would be my striker. Miguel Almiron, 2018 form, would be one midfielder. Tito Viaba, 2017 form, would be another. So there's three. Julian Gressel, 2018 form, would be my right wing back. I'm going to go Andrew Gutman, 2022 form, healthy, will be my left wing back. My playmaker would be Tiago Almada as a central midfielder, probably underneath Miguel Almiron, who would be my other playmaker, uh, 2017 form, because he was so surprising. So how many players are we up to now? One, two, three, four, five players. Yes. Defensive midfielder would be actually Eric Rometty, 2018 form, because y'all forget how good he was when he came in at the midseason. He really solved a lot of problems for Atlanta United in that formation. My three center backs would be Miles Robinson, 2021, Miles Robinson, 2020, Michael Parkhurst, 2017. Goalkeeper would be Brad Guzan, probably 2018. I think that's 11 players. So that, that would be my team. And we wrap it up with bigger game, the AmFam Cup, or the Mega Bowl from the Will Ferrell movie Semi-Pro. Oh, it's the AmFam Cup. I mean, the Super Bowl is a stage setter for the American Family Insurance Cup. Everybody knows this. Just think next year. It'll be Super Bowl on Sunday, AmFam Cup on Monday. It's going to be crazy. And then the next time Atlanta United hosts the Super Bowl and the AmFam Cup in the same year, it might end the sports world as we know it. All right. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. Find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. It's Valentine's Day. Hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. Just reach out to somebody you haven't spoken with in a while and tell them, hey, I was thinking about you today. And because it's Valentine's Day, my gift to others, 
subscribe to Sam Jones at the Striker. Read Henry Higuita's stuff. Listen to Jason Longshore and John Ossoff. Follow Dirty South Soccer. Read what they write. Scarves and strikes, I think it is. Tyler Pilgrim's podcast. Follow that. Support those guys. All right. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Y'all take care.